This episode of the No Chill Podcast is presented by Keeps. Hair today, hair tomorrow. On this episode, opponents in college, draft mates in 2001, teammates in Golden State, and back at it in the big three, Gilbert and Jason Richardson meet up in Miami. Everyone knows Jay Rich as the two-time dunk champ, but for Gil, he saw the transformation in his game in those early Warrior days. Beyond the ridiculous highlights, Jason became an extremely versatile scorer and skilled shooter. Then there are the dunks. We get into how having Jason's freak athleticism is the ultimate cheat code and get a look back from Gil, who witnessed some of Jay Rich's best posters up close and personal. For the two-time dunk contest winner, we talk about what goes into the All-Star Weekend event and how to make it better. It's a no-chill podcast. Remember, you can get every episode early on the Himalaya app. Get every episode wherever you get your podcasts, including the No Chill channel on YouTube. And thanks again to our friends at Keeps for supporting the show. Gil, look at this view. Where are we right now? Miami. Miami, baby. Miami. Right on the water. There's some holes here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I haven't been at the hotel yet, so. Yeah. No, you haven't. But And also, we have Jason here. Yes, sir. Just got in. Yeah, just got in. And at 4.30 in the morning. 4.30 in the morning. Saginaw, man. That's what happened when you're from the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you got to leave super early yeah, to yeah. get to a big city. I don't think you get the helicopter to Detroit. Yeah, I wish I could, yeah, man. I, I don't even think they got any helicopters in Michigan, though. Yeah. Know? So, we had a conversation before you came in. Gil was talking, like, Gil talks. So, we're going to go back to the first time that you guys... We're on the court together, probably the first time I'm going to say you met too, right? It was in the Arizona? Court together? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, Arizona. So, Arizona. What did you say? Huh? What did you say about that time? Oh, Michigan we, beat the, we beat the shit out of them. They did. Yeah. They, they what the? What was so funny is we beat the shit out of them, <laughs> we beat the shit out of them both years. <laughs> they did. They did. The year they won it, and then we beat them in the final four, yeah. They did whoop us. My dad had um, a dunk on him, though. That was probably one of my top five dunks ever, though. Uh. He was in the picture. He was in the frame. Yeah, what's so funny is this: the dunk happened so fast and hard, it was hard to figure out what, it was like, because college you didn't really have replays, so if it happened today, you'd be like, yo, <laughs> so it was a fast break, uh, who was it, Charlie Bell? Charlie Bell. Charlie Bell yep. went up for there, Richard Jefferson. Smack when I mean, he smacked the shit out this ball, yeah. just like it was like one of those volleyball, volleyball, boom. boom, hit the backboard, boom, and off the Cut boom, the ricochet. the ricochet. All you seen was all you seen was the rim bend down. And it's like what? The f-? <laughs> so <laughs> somehow he caught the baseball, hit off the backboard, and dunked it back. It was not like you know the like soft little. Yeah. No, nah, this was like a. And just boom, like, what the fuck yeah. was that? I mean, you can't even, you can't be mad. You can't be embarrassed. No, you no, have, no. You have to be it impressed. Was, nah. It was embarrassing it with it, like, that's impressive. Because mm-hmm. yeah. there's no way, like, the ball should have hit half court at least. So Easily. the fact that someone actually caught it and then caught it and dunked it back was like, well, what kind of athleticism is this? <laughs> 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 like, you know, because you don't really see you got to remember, this is the beginning of the season, so you don't really see what someone's capable of. You know, only you, you know, in college, you don't watch other college basketball. You watch NBA. So, you know, when you just see, when you just seeing it block and you trying to like, and then you just like, oh, what was like, wait, how did someone just catch that lob? And then you, after the game, you watch it like, oh, I got to say, you're born with that athleticism. Yes. Yep. 
And that's the thing, Gil, Gil, you know, he's a skilled player, like ultimately yeah. skilled, right? But you know, like, man, it's a pretty girl that's born that she can eat anything, but she has like just the perfect body, right? Uh-huh. It's just like, man, if I wish I could just have those hops. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, cause like, you gotta remember, we, we, we got, we got, we trained, we got, we got, we had the same agent. Mm -hmm. So day in and day out, you seeing it. We're just seeing like so stuff that looks so easy, and he made it look so easy was so difficult. Like they'd be like, "All right, this is what we're gonna do." Boom, drop step. All right, go up there, dunk it every time. And then he's doing the the power dunk, you know, ten. And I'm like, "Oh, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't even do the one dunk." But like, I can tap the backboard with the same, you know, same power. But it was just like me, me and Kitty, Kitty Satterfield, like. <laughs> Oh, that's some bullshit. <laughs> but, I mean, it's the same thing with my athleticism. It was Gilbert Speed. Uh, I don't think you remember this. We, we used to go to the track in the morning before we go work out. And uh, we would run and do these different jumps and stuff like that. And I'm a two-foot jumper, so I couldn't do any of the stuff. And I remember one time we raced. Yeah. I don't think you remember this. But I, I think he started off at the 200, and yeah. we was at the 100, all of us. And he was the only one at the 200. I was like, oh, there's no way. I'm going to put some money on this. I'm going to win it. I'm taking off. Man, before I even got 50 meters down, he already beat us. So, I mean, his speed was just, it was world-class speed. That It was almost the same thing. I, as he was in awe of my jumping, I was in awe with his speed, just how quick and how fast he was. Yeah, some guys have lateral, like you have a vertical, some guys have lateral quickness, yeah. some guys have end-to-end -end speed. So it's, it's all like a gift, yeah. right? It's what you do with it. And Gil said this about you, you became a complete player. Yeah. Not yeah, just you know, an athlete. And I think that's what benefited us. You know, we had a group. It was... You know, with Dan Fagan, it was me, Jay Rich, Kenny Satterfield, Troy Murphy, and then we had T-Bell, Tavares mm -hmm, Bell. Tavares Bell. You got Oh, jeez. You got five. <laughs> like, he's over here like, jeez, and he jumped. That man jumped. But you got five totally different type mm -hmm. of players. Four guards that get to learn from each other. Mm -hmm. Like, I have speed. Kenny Satterfield had one-on-one -on -one game. Yep. You know what I mean? You know, so, and then Shavar's belt was a one-foot jumper. You know, so you have, so you're sitting there like, damn, I need that. Ooh. Like, so everyone, like, when we're playing one-on-one, -on -one, we're trying to figure out who we have an advantage over yep. because no one fully has an advantage over each you one. So I'd rather go with go against him versus Kenny Satterfield. Or, or you know, then I don't want to go against Tavares Bell, or I don't I want to go against Tavares, I don't want to go against Jay Rich. So you get, you're sitting here trying to dictate on how you can <laughs> try to win this, this spot because we... We were all different. Different, yeah. We all had different talent in half-court settings. It doesn't work for us. Mm -hmm. You know, so learning each other, going, you know, us three getting drafted together, I think saved everyone's career, especially mine. Because now I get to sit there and depict everything, watching his game and like, all right, he made, okay, he made that look too easy. Like, <laughs> what's so funny is I never told you this. I never told, <laughs> I never told you this. But this is why, like, I had a rough start. You remember we're playing Toronto first game? Playing Toronto first game, and you got Vince. Yeah. Right? And when Vince did that dunk, boom. They're like, he did it like a spin, boom. And I got, oh, like I'm a fan. I'm a fan. You know, you're feeling like, oh, shit. You know, sitting there, right? And then you come down and score. But what, what scared me was like, damn, if Jay Richards is a Bugatti, and then Vince Carter is a Bugatti over that Bugatti. <laughs> oh, 
I'm a fucking Honda. Like, <laughs> like, I'm a Honda. I can't. Like, and it's just like, like, I don't even belong here. Like, it was just one of those, like, the athleticism of just that position yeah. was like, that's every night. Yeah. Every, like, like then and then there's just and then with like Michael Finley, Kobe, mm-hmm. and it was just like I'm I'm outmatched. I that's when I was like shooting guard. <laughs> no, so I got and that's when I mentally had to switch to the point yeah. because the shooting guard position scared me so much just because of the first game. It was just one of those things. It was like mm-hmm. yo them 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 super athletes. That's that's fucking insane. Like, you got to think about it. If I'm training with him, I know he's Bugatti status. <laughs> so when you see Bugatti status gets Bugattied, you're like, where do I feel? Like, where, where do I go? Right? I'm, I'm never, at this point, I'm number 15. Yeah, this is where I belong, goddammit. Yeah, buddy. Let me go ahead and oh, sit my ass right here. But I think the thing about that group that we all worked out together, we were just special because we all pushed each other. Like, we were all super competitive. Like, when we go on those one-on-ones, it was war. It's like you didn't want to, you didn't want to lose. You know, we all became so close about it, and it didn't matter. I mean, we were young. We go to the club until two, three in the morning, <laughs> yeah. but we all up at five on the track, getting ready to go. Nobody, you know, slacking off. Everybody ready to go to work, and I think that's what made that group so special. How we just pushed each other all the time. It was always who's who's working harder, who's getting better, and I think that's what made us realize and became better pros after we, you know, got drafted and stuff. Yeah, I think we talked about, I think it was Antoine who was saying it was perfect timing of all these young guys and the team was kind of wide open. There was, Mookie Blaylock was the vet, mm. but those <laughs> vets were, but it was, it was like anybody could make their, get their spot on the roster. Yeah, you know, it was one yeah. of those things where I think it benefited me, him, and Troy because we already, from the whole summer with each other, we already established our talents mm-hmm. so we all respected each other already no matter where we got drafted it didn't matter so it was like okay we know what we bring to the game we just got to figure out how to pull it all together for each other so I remember Troy Murphy he has Danny Fortson oh, he has oh Danny Fortson <laughs> and he has Mark Jackson so they ping-ponging this motherfucker that are, are really I mean, season. you talk about bullying? Straight mm-hmm. bullying. Bu- bu- like, bully. Like, like, bullying. Like he was like a rag dog. <laughs> Elbow to the neck then, every like, time. Bam. Just, it was just one of those things like if he was just sitting under the rim like in, in no man's land, someone came just... Uh, like it was, it was, it was like that one white boy in an all black school, and they didn't like him. And, and like it's like we felt bad. Like, damn, like, damn. I, I thought I was supposed to be getting that treatment. Yeah. So he never said he never said anything. He just played and fought. Yep. But the whole summer, he called himself the horsey because what he did yep. was he didn't want to feel that going into season two. So he stayed. In the weight room, whole the summer. whole summer, yep. just because of those two in practice. Not he, anybody else. Yeah, those nobody, two dudes. Not, not anybody in the NBA. Those two dudes on his team. His own teammates. Not some all NBA players. You talking about Danny Forsen, Mark, Mark Jackson, Jackson, and he spent his whole yep. summer 
for those two guys to battle in practice. Yeah, it's basically like they were the two bullies on the playground. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And they teamed up. Yep. You know, they, they tag teamed team. up. They tag tag team. Team them. So he spit, and just to see it, just to see, that's what I said is, I'll come in, and he's on a machine. What's so funny is, I never knew after 999 shots, it went back to zero. I just never knew because... Motherfuckers <laughs> never shot that much <laughs> until he was on the machine and he's just sitting there shooting, 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 and then it just zero. It's like nine, 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 uh, zero. Like, oh shit! Like I just assumed it had phone numbers. I never, you know. But that's what we did. We were, we were actually trying to get better mm-hmm. when our environment didn't say we should. Yep. You, know? you guys were, I think, of that same mold that you knew if I'm going to play in the league, I got to get better at all times. I'm but, not just here and I'll, I'll yeah, post. I, I think we, we both had, we had chips on our shoulders. I mean, I think for him, the biggest thing was everybody overlooked him. Mm-hmm. They kept on saying, it's not a point guard, too small to be a shooting guard. That drove him crazy. Me coming in the league, you I, I was a high You away pick. that because you were dunking. Yeah, I was dunking <laughs> all over people, but at the same time, I knew if I wanted to survive in the NBA, I had to learn how to develop a jump shot. I didn't play guard. Literally, my whole life until I got to Michigan State. So you got to think, I played basketball since I was, what, three or four? And so for three or four until you 18, until you get to college, <laughs> that you actually play guard, learn how to, you have to learn how to dribble and shoot, it was hard for me. I mean, to this day, I still have problems dribbling. <laughs> but my shot, I mean, I, my shot is good because I just continue to work on it and work on it. But, you know, your ball handling is something naturally. Sometimes people just have it, people just don't have it. And I just didn't have it. So it just drove us to work, to work, to work, to continue to work and work. And then, like, us being so competitive, we used to see who could get to the gym first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to stay on the machine longer. Just, he's sitting there waiting. I get to the gym first. He's going to be waiting an hour and a half mad at yeah. me. Trying to <laughs> kick me off. Like, the same on, way man. he get there before me, I'm mad. Like, come on, man. You done, man? No. 800 shots, Gil. Come on, man. And we got a game the next day. We're doing that night before the game just to get better. And that's what just drove us to get better like that. So you were the only two on the team that were doing that, basically? Troy was in the weight room. No, that's so. what we each yep. had our own battles, mm-hmm. you know, that, and that's what, and that's what is funny, because he's number five pick, so you thinking number five pick? Yeah, you know, I got life chilling, what's mm-hmm. happening? He's like, no, I got something to prove, because they still saying, I can't shoot. All right, I'm going to show them. So, you know, you, mm-hmm. and me, I'm like, come on, man, you, you playing, I ain't even playing. Let me get on the machine. <laughs> you know, so, so that's what I said. So the competitiveness is just like, yo, let me get the machine. You, you play tomorrow. I bro. need this more than you. I need this right now. Shit, I'm trying to get this perfect for practice. But that, that, where you're drafted doesn't matter. You still got to work your ass off. You still got to work I mean, your ass off. And that, and Look but, at Zion, number one pick. Yeah. Yeah. But, that, but that's the problem. Like, you you should be doing that. Yeah. You don't know it until you, like so I said, we get there and we're the ones pushing each other. We wasn't, we wasn't pushed by veterans. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I said. We're in a hectic situation trying to figure out how to get better. And because of the situations we're going through, we're making each other better. We're, we're racing each other to the gym, not some veteran, mm-hmm. you know, telling us, oh, let's get to the... No, we're, we're, we're trying to see who can get there because we know if one of us is late, you're going to have to wait out the practice. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're going to have to wait out the practice because the morning is shut down, <laughs> God damn it. And that's, and that's what drove us. Yeah. That's what drove us. Like, and I remember when I had made a stand against the, against the organization. 
Where... I can't picture you doing that. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, uh, it was our sophomore year, our first national television game, playing against Jason Kidd. And game starts, I got seven of our points, right? It's like 7-12. Sub, three minutes of the game. Set the whole half. And then coach is going to tell me at halftime, finish where you left off. <laughs> That's why I fucking left off. What, what kind of shit is this? Like, I didn't even do nothing. I'm about to make this motherfucker. You bitch me? Like, what part of the game is this? So I decided I'm boycotting. Jay Rich said, fucking, I'm with you. Like, he started. He started us as a sons of funny, but he started. He playing. He's like, you boycott. I'm boycotting with you. We both missed practice. <laughs> we both missed practice for a boycott that had nothing to do with him. Hey, that's a good team. I know that's what that's I said. Had nothing to do with him. Like he could have easily say, "Your boycott ain't got nothing." I was even expecting him to boycott. Had nothing to do with him. This is just you fucking with me. Like so, I I'm mad. Fuck you. So so we missed those. We missed those. We missed practice. So they bench us. Right? We bench us against Utah. This is Dave Cowens, right? Nah, this no. is Musselman. Musselman. This is our second year. Musselman. And then when they put us in, oh! Went to oh, work. Went to work. Went to work. We went to work. We said, but it was, this is the first time I experienced the game was more than basketball. Mm-hmm. It, you Big know, time. Because it was, it was one of those things where I had to sit down with Musselman and figure out if you care what they think and you don't win because you know at that time I'm out playing what they can pay me yeah you know because then there was a cap that you know for a second rounder so you can only pay me so much and I'm playing out of that so you're not gonna be able to afford me next year but what does that have to do with you because if you're not winning they gonna fire you. <laughs> so you gotta make a choice. Cause I can yep. tell you right now, I'm gonna figure out how you playing me, and I'm just gonna play. So you know, right now I'm averaging 18, seven to seven. I'm gonna keep averaging 18. <laughs> that, that number's locked the fuck in. <laughs> that seven to seven is gonna go down. God damn it, I can tell you that for sure. But what's that about though? A coach wants control. It was the front office. Yeah, yeah. But they're saying you got to, the front office is giving him pressure. You got to control your team control. Yeah, you got to control. So it's like, you know, you got to remember that pressure goes to you because if you ain't winning, they have to get rid of you. So what's happening? And then that's when he brings in her boy kids and then then fucks him over in the fourth quarter. You know, then it's like, what is, what is basketball really about sometimes? Is it actually about winning? Or is it about contracts and Put, I paid this yep. man twelve million. I so gotta I play him. him. Yep. What? Yeah, I think that was a time we realized that. I mean, um, you know, because we when we first came into the league, we were the the new. We were supposed to take the franchise from the dark air, the dark area to what it you know supposed to be what it is right now, and you know it came in. And I kind of started probably the third or fourth game of the season. Probably started the rest of the season that Troy kind of came later on in twenty. And Gilbert still wasn't getting time. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm calling the agent. I'm, I'm looking at him like, man, how the hell are you not on the floor, man? And it was, it was literally probably around like all, after All-Star so season. Was I was in the GM office every day. He needed to start. They was mad at me every day before I got to the floor. He needed to start. Why the fuck he's not starting? And then we just, that's when I knew it was more than just, 
oh, this guy should play because he's better. No, it was like, oh, we're getting this guy so much money, or we're trying to trade this guy, we're trying to do this. And they totally controlled it. I mean, it's totally different now, but that's how it went back then. Like, we got to play this player, so we got to play him. And it's just, it's just, it's just, it's like, it's like the things that, like, you know, we're, we're, it, you're grateful when it works in your favor. And for the most part, it worked in our favor, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but you got to know, other than that, there's players out there, you like, come on, why? why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I've played against, like, somebody that'll come in for three minutes, bust ass. And right you'd out. be like, woo, yeah. I'm glad that motherfucker yeah. was on the wrong side of his coach. Because he was nice. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and his whole career gets shut down because he only makes a couple hundred thousand. That guy makes 20. Mm -hmm. So they got to play. They got to get, you know, you know, because it's one of those things. Well, if if I start playing this, he's going to be worth 20. Now I got a 20 and a 20. You know, and, and that's really <laughs> how they think. You know, so it's like, well, I'm going to bench him. Hopefully, I can keep him under a certain yep. number until I figure out what I'm going like, to do. Like, we're basketball players. We don't give a fuck about none of that. Mm -hmm. uh, he's sorry. Let me let me go help the team yep. so I can. And, and that's all we care about. And it hurts us sometimes to see the way shit shakes out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that gets in the way of how you play and really how the team's future goes if they're overthinking it. You have a lot of teams that do that. Yeah. They overthink it way too much. They, they overthink it because the people who who make decisions really don't have no experience on decision-making or on coaching styles or, or they don't know what to expect. Like if you have a, a rookies, you have a bunch of rookies and young talent and you have this coach that's supposed to lead them, I hope your expectations ain't to win. I hope it's just to get them better. So his job shouldn't be on the line first five years because he has to, to get them the ready yeah. to develop. Yeah. You, you said Stan Van Gundy, builder coach, uh -huh. and you think of a guy like Phil Jackson. Phil doesn't want to work with young players and no. because teach his, them the because ropes he knows, pro. Because he knows winning is more important. <laughs> than winning is more important because if you're winning, they can't fire you. So yeah. I, want, I want a veteran team. I want a team that already knows how to play so I can secure my job. Mm -hmm. I want the best of the best. I don't want a bunch of young players that mm. I got to build, I want them to already be ready to play. Yep. You know, so you have, you have two, three different types of coaching styles or jobs in the NBA, but they're all treating them all the same. If you're not winning right now, what do I need you for? Yep. Like, I'm not winning because I got a bunch of Hondas and cars I got to fix up to mm -hmm. get raceable. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about I got two years. Two years, our, your number two pick is going to be 20. Look, yep. What he's supposed to do, you know, and that's and, and that's the problem. And players get frustrated, players get down, players, you know, become angry. Because you got to remember, if you have a young team and you got that veteran on it, and that veteran only knows how to win, how to get better, you have two type of veterans. A good veteran that's like, you know what, I'm not gonna say too much. I'm gonna keep positive with the kids. Or you got the angry one, like, come on, man, man, these kids are weak, man. They're not practicing. I'm in the gym. Day in and day out, and they not doing nothing. Yeah. It's like, man, we don't even like him, man. Then he becomes a bad locker room guy. Yeah. Like, I'm a bad locker room guy because I want to win. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, and that's, you know, and that's, you know, that's when you hear, oh, he's a bad locker room guy. Yeah. You know, you because they never put it in like, why is he a bad locker room guy? 
because he's always yelling at the team to get better and win. Yeah, that looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't say that. You know, you, you know, that's like Jimmy Butler. Like, we see how fierce Come on, man. he wants to win. So you got to expect, like, if that's how he is in a game, he's going to be like that in practice. He's going to be trying to turn that shit on. But there's some guys that are always on 10, and you're just kind of like, man, you're so intense, but sometimes to pull it back a little man, bit. Man, listen, I would love to have a player like Jimmy Butler on my team. The way he's... Yeah, you're, I, in, in fight, as we, you know, you, you're I know he's going to yeah, have my yeah. back, and he's going he's gonna to do whatever it takes to win. And that's what it's all about. And that's the, I think that's what the difference is kind of going forward right now. It's not about winning. It's like, well, I'll get my money, I'll get my, my numbers, I'm good. It's about we all want to get along. Yeah, and get, for, the, get yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, that's what I said. It's just a different. It's just a different league. Um, players are understanding their value a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you when you see some of the moves that make that's made, like back then, if a player left, you know, because social media is here now. But like you know, like somebody like Stephen Jackson said, man, this this era soft. They all practicing together. They all doing this. I would never practice. Well, you you from Atlanta. Ballers didn't come to Atlanta. See, we've always played in against each other. If LA? you came to yeah. LA, <laughs> you see, you, you played everybody. All the NBA play, all, <laughs> yep. they, they all played and interacted Constantly. with each other from the beginning. Yep. Yep. But you had to be in that city. If you came from Michigan, and there's no there's no group of NBA players that you get to compete against. So Chicago, LA. Those guys came back in the summer and battled, mm-hmm. also recruited. So when free agency's up, we hit it. Yo, hey, we want you to come through. Now it's their decision to say yeah or nay. Mm-hmm. So recruiting was always part of the game. That's just how it's always been. Yep. If you hear some of the trades that players tried to do, you'd be like, Damn, if that would have happened, boy, <laughs> we would have, you know. Yeah. But if that man ain't upstairs ain't pulling that trigger, what's the, the point of it? Guys, hold that thought. We got to take a break to talk about our friends at Postmates. We've been on the road all summer, and wherever we go, whatever time it is, we got to eat. How do we make it happen? got to be with Postmates. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito, ooh, that's so good, right, Gil? At 8 a.m., and ibuprofen at 10 a.m., you never know, you just Postmate it. Postmates is your professional food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S., and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery, and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store, don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. And for fans of the No Chill podcast, for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the app, and use the code NOCHILL. That's right, that code NOCHILL for $100 of free delivery credit for the first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates it. Download Postmates and save with the code NOCHILL. Oh, we love to talk about our friends at Manscaped. 
They support the No Chill Podcast. Manscaped is the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. So on the No Chill Podcast, we've talked about hoop nuts. Think about it. You're in the gym. You're sweating. Take off the shorts, and it does not smell good. Well, Manscaped has something just for that. They call it the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And it's the cure for hoop nuts. Manscaped has also redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't snick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And you don't have to use the same trimmer on your face. You're using on your balls. That's just nasty. So let's get going. Let's get clean. Let's step up your game. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code NOCHILL at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. One more time, get 20% off free shipping and a free travel bag with the code NOCHILL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping and a free travel bag at manscaped.com and use the code NOCHILL. Speaking of stepping up your game, we gotta talk about our friends at Indochino. We took the time to go through the process of getting measured for our suits and shirts with Indochino, and it's so smooth, so easy, it's gonna change the game on how you shop. Indochino is the world's most exciting made-to-measure menswear company. Guys love the wide selection of high-quality fabrics and colors to choose from, not to mention the option to personalize the details, including your lapel, lining, pockets, buttons, and writing your own monogram. Here's how it works. Visit a stylist at their showroom with over 40 showrooms in North America. They make it pretty easy for you. And have them take the measures on you personally or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. You choose your fabric inside and out, choose your design and customizations, submit your measurements with your choices, and then just relax while your suit gets professionally tailored and mailed to you within a couple of weeks. So for listeners and fans of No Chill Podcast, we got something for you. You get any premium Indochino suit for just $369. $369 for premium suit. All you gotta do, go to Indochino.com, then enter No Chill at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com with the promo code NOCHILL for any premium suit for just $369 and free shipping. That's an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go back. Go to Indochino.com and don't forget, no chill at checkout. All right, let's take a break to talk about our friends at Keeps. They've made the Summer Big 3 tour possible. We want to give them a special shout-out. So guys, two out of three of you will experience some form of nail pattern baldness by the time you're 35. Good news, with today's advancements in science, Keeps offers proven treatments that can combat the symptoms of hair loss. Keeps has revolutionized the way men are treated for hair loss. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get medication delivered to your home. No more waiting rooms, no more pharmacy checkout lines, grit, doctor attention, discreet drug delivery, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Guys, prevention is key. Keeps treatments really work. They're up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. So act fast. Many men even experience hair regrowth with Keeps treatments. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. 
That's right, fellas. They make it easy for you and take care of you at the same time. Because on the No Chill Podcast, we take care of our fans. So if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash no chill to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash no chill. Hair today, hair tomorrow. Thank you. Keeps back to the show. Like I remember, I remember you remember the, it was the the banana boat with Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Dwayne Wade is a free agent that year. Mm-hmm. They're in Italy 12 days. Best friends. 12 days. Mm-hmm. Miami already said they're not bringing them back. So, okay. Dwayne's going to Cleveland. Oh, he make, he, he's too much. We're going to go with Dunleavy. Yep. And you're sitting there like, like, what it? Like, it's. <laughs> you know what I think that is? A small market. That's the mindset of ownership in a small market. But that's what I said. They're that's, not going to yeah. overspend. Yeah. But you, to win, you have to. I know. It's, it's hard to win with, with, with mediocre team. Yeah. They were fortunate to do it because they got LeBron James. So having a bunch of mediocre players helped. I mean, mm-hmm. it worked for them. But you took that only that one player off the team, and it was damn near last place. But I think that team, when he came here to Miami, and then he came back to Cleveland, that's when they started to spend more. They didn't know. Do you know who... Cleveland's biggest free agent they ever paid was? I was going to say Kevin Love. Free uh, agent. No, they traded. no, he traded for him. No, he already played for them. Outside free agent. I'll save you time. Uh, Larry Hughes. Yeah, I was about to say Larry. Yeah. 2000, 2006. Yep. That was the last, that was the biggest contract Cleveland Cavaliers ever paid anyone from the outside. Wow. Let you let you know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> let you let, let you know. Um, speaking of fixing, I brought this up to him earlier today. The dunk contest. <laughs> you know it. You know it well. Yeah. It's uh, it's falling on hard times a little bit. It's not what it used to be. I don't think it's as cool as it used to be. And there's got to be better ways to do it. So Gil has talked about this before. He has an idea. But how would you make the dunk contest better? You know, it, it's just so hard now because everybody didn't, damn near did every dunk possible, like human possibly without jumping off a trampoline, basically. And I think my thing is always, I'm old school, you know, growing up watching Mike, watching Dominique Wilkins, those guys, you got one chance to do a dunk. And that was, that was the best part of it because you caught people by element of surprise. You didn't go out there and try, ah, wait a minute, ah. All right, 20 times, and then the dunk never happened. And by the time they make the dunk, you're like, oh, that shit was all right. <laughs> and shit, all right. I mean, it took you 25 times to do it. So I think they just should go back to old school format. You get one dunk, all this time dunk, all that stuff like that, and the antics. And I think that's good for the fans, but I'm just, I'm just an old school guy. Let's go out there and just show what you could do. Pure dunker. Yeah. You know what's so funny? Because if you think about the antic dunks, the dunk itself is a one. Yeah. The antic is the what? Woo! Like, you know. Like the kid Collins from uh, Atlanta that, um, yeah, that jumped yeah. I mean, off the airplane. He's going to look back that in 10 years and be like, damn, that was some dumb shit. Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> like, the dunk was, that's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> not as great as he could have been I'm for gonna, all that building. You know, I think Amari did one of them. Bounce it off my head and catch it. Yeah. No, I was with Steve Nash. Steve yeah. Nash. Yeah. yeah. 
So you did a two-hand dunk. First, <laughs> 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 right, I'm gonna tell him, tell him that shit too. But I saw that one. You did a two-hand dunk. That's it. Look at that. You can't count the pass as part of the actual dunk. Oh man, we're talking. You know, that. but that's 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 what ends up happening. Yeah. The dunks became simple, and the antics like, all right, we're gonna. And then the guy's like, Ugh. 10, no, no, you, no, he's not part of the dunk, bro. He's the, he, you can't say nine and one, no, you got to only judge the actual dunk. The dunk was the one, you know, oh, and man. I wanted outside dunking. I think if outside dunking came in, it would kind of force NBA dunkers to open, because you got to remember, an NBA dunker doesn't sit here and train for no. one moment. No. It's a one moment, like one weekend, one day of a weekend that I got to perform. Other than that, on a fast break, I'm going to do this. You got to remember, I'm going to do, I'm not going to be training all summer just for this one night. You know, I think that's what fans think, think. that you're no. in the gym actually no. practicing no. for a dunk. He no. didn't practice one dunk before one dunk, dunk contest. No. We, but when you no. you were at an age right when probably in when you first could dunk and then you, you would do more like you just like oh this is cool I want to yeah. try to windmill it now and try to throw off the backboard. Yeah, that's just everybody. You yeah, mean, you get, once you start dunking, you want to try different things. Yeah. Like, you doing that in like eighth, ninth grade. Great. That's what I said. <laughs> you got whole dunk. You doing that stuff in the games? You're not sitting there. Actually, I think, most people don't do it in eighth, ninth. Grade. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> I mean, I think I think the night before we went to All Star Weekend, both years that I won it. I was in the gym. I think he was up in there, and he was like, we was shooting or doing something. He just told me different dunks. He come up with these dunks in his head, and I and I go up there and try it, and not not full speed. I'm like, okay, I got that. I'm gonna do it in the game. And, and, it, that, it, that, it, was, that was it. And then somebody's like, yo, did you see him do the? Dunk? I was like, he didn't do the dunk until he actually he did, did it in the, in the game. game. Like, so we yeah. sit there really trying to like, all right, because <laughs> yeah. that's what I said. It's. Was like, all right, what dunks you gonna do for the? Uh, like, I don't know, I ain't think about it yet. <laughs> this is the night before. Like, I don't know, I ain't think about it yet. Like, but yeah, because I think we've seen in dunk contests, guys were like, he he would be really good. You, uh, Sean Kemp, you would think uh, would, yeah. would have won it, and he probably just never really prepared. But that's what I said because no. the dunks that you see in game is their creativity on the move. Mm -hmm. Now when you say, all right, dunk contest dunks, it's like. I mean, I can try it. But You've <laughs> yeah. actually seen guys, they're like, I think I'm going to like rock it this way. Or yeah, but you got to remember, think about somebody like, I didn't even think of it till now. But get, think about these kids who are dunk champs and they're doing these. Uh, they've practiced this one dunk three, four Which weeks. Is, yep. No, dunk, no dunkers doing that. I, mean, I got games to play. Nobody yeah. trying to do that's, all that. So that's what you're saying. Outside dunkers, guys that aren't in Which the Which is, NBA, I think, is a good idea. You, yeah, you, you have a, a great like, idea. You have like a pre-dunk contest mm -hmm. to get you validated for the actual dunk contest. One guy or two guys. What it do is it kind of it kind of tweaks it and changes it just a little bit to force the dunkers to say, all right, let me go ahead and really focus. I'm not going to let an outside entity come in and dunk. Or you make these dunk kids who, who, who commit do like a three-year commitment. Because what ends up happening is if you look through time, the best dunker – after one, two dunk contests, he's like, ah, I'm over that. I think yeah. I'm over it. MJ yeah. do three? Three or four? I think it was three. Yeah. 
So he has three and Dominic has three? No, no, he, 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 compete, he, he competed. He lost in, in three. Seattle. Yeah. He didn't Remember win that, three. The, he competed he, he in three. He had the chains on. Uh-huh. Yep. In the old Chicago jersey, that yeah. thing he was doing the cradle. That was his rookie year. He didn't win. And then Dominique, I think, did four. He did four. Yeah, yeah. that's what I said. So it's like. The, but I mean, you had those guys who were superstars, and they did more than one. But that's what so I'm saying. Said, yeah. Yeah. But now it's like. What did you do? I did three. Three, yeah. Yeah. And then you get you get to a point where it's like the best dunkers don't always come in. You know, so you have you have guys in the NBA that are dunk contest dunks, but they might be sitting at the end of the bench. Mm-hmm. They might be. They might not got freestyle dunking in the game for them to be voted on. So there's some of your talent too that can make the dunk contest better. But because they can't get off the bench to get in the game to show, did James White ever enter an NBA dunk contest? No, right? Not, no, 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 I don't, I don't think so. Of. But I was thinking we, Gerald, uh, Gerald Green. He, but right. he got a dunk contest. No, he did. Yeah. But I mean, he was at the end, one of those guys at the end of the bench that you knew was a. Freak vertical, but I'm saying like, but somebody like uh, what's uh, White, James White. Mm-hmm. If he would have ever entered the dunk contest, he was gonna come between the legs from the free throw, from line. The free throw line, which would have been probably top two dunks mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. The whole, all the players know what mm-hmm. he, <laughs> what he can do, but the fact that he never got off the San Antonio bench. They can't validate him being in the dunk contest. I actually think he did. I think he did, I remember. We'll, we'll double check. Okay. <laughs> I have my laptop over here. But... No, trust me. <laughs> it's all right. It's all if, right. He got, if he got into the dunk contest, that was the dunk he was going to do. Trust me. It would be. It was coming. <laughs> it was coming. But the point is, even if you go one time, you might not be ready for how it happened. Like you said, it's, if it's timed or you had your dunk, but then you missed it, and then guys get like tight or that's, whatever. But that's now. That's, yeah. that, that's the now dunk. Yeah. Then it was one dunk. It was yeah. one dunk. Yeah. And you had one chance to finish it. And that was it. Like, if you even try to take it between your legs, you burn your arm halfway, and you lost the ball. Oh, that was your attempt. That was your attempt. Yeah. That was your attempt. Then he's like, damn. So it made you like, I got to go finish this dunk. And now it just, I mean, I think the one year, I think it was two years after I stopped doing it, I think it was Birdman did it like 50, 50 oh, attempts yeah, at one awkward. dunk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, man, yeah, come yeah. on, bro. Yeah. Just put it in, man. Come yeah. on, man. <laughs> Bar- Barkley and Kenny were clowning like, you know, can we just stop this right now? You know, and, and the, like, like put him out of his misery. Yeah, he doesn't yeah, have yeah. to actually do it. But I don't know. I mean, it was like the event of All-Star Saturday night. You know, like it, this, it was the yeah. coolest thing. And it's now it's, I was, there, I was there in Charlotte this year. It was, it was all right. But, I, to them or, or have... Or have a, um, what's the name? Have a, um, a tryout. Mm-hmm. Have a dunk tryout. For, do for everyone in yeah. the NBA. That's what I'm saying yeah. is the best, the, like, like LeBron James, he's a great dunker. Not necessarily dunk contest. a dunk contest dunker. So but he, he would have, he would have lost. Mm. I would. What he was, he gonna, what he was he gonna do? Jump and do the hang? Remember the first, second year, LeBron on the break would would full speed, reverse cock it, you know, yeah, yeah. windmill. That is a in game. Half court, he was on a break that's by a himself. In game dunk, that's a ten. Dunk contest, that's a four. Yeah. So you also <laughs> you know he did it the dunk contest as a high schooler and won it. McDonald's. Yeah, Brown, yeah. yeah, high school, the All American game. Yeah, I mean when he had you done, when you, yeah. done but, yeah. but people yeah. go back and watch that, and that's why I was like, I but know. as I said, it's like 
when windmills start coming between the leg, windmills start coming, all that cradle, they cradle that with a, they throwing through the legs with a cradle now. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, him going to the dunk, losing wasn't good for his brain. Nope. So that's why I said this, it should be like an open invite. All right, we got these many spots, everyone sign up. And now you get to actually pick real dunkers, even if some of them never play. Because mm-hmm. you want Gordon and Levine. Levine. Okay, you mm-hmm. want them. But you also want three, four other players that also compete with that dunk, not two other bozos that are, <laughs> are 6'10", are 6'10", like, come on, you know you're not going to win, bro. Like, give a spot to that 6'7", six, 6'6", six, six guard yep. that can jump out the gym. Like, that's, that's who's supposed to be here. You know what my solution is? I think the winners of before should go back and coach. Oh, man. Coach? Yeah, be the dunk coach. That'd be that's tough. Yeah, that'd be tough. That's a dumb <laughs> ass. You know what? Be, to be honest with you, I think they should do like what baseball is doing. They up the prize money. Mm. I think baseball, the home run derby day was having a lot of guys not doing it. They put a million dollars in it. Now you're thinking like, eh, that's a million dollars. Now you get all the, you gonna get all the young guys automatically. I think it was like dollars? 25 grand in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, you put a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, get you put a million dollars up, Vince Carter's coming back. <laughs> you, get, you get some guys out there. I mean, if that's... I mean, that's what baseball did. Guys didn't want any interest in the home run derby. They put that million dollars out, everybody came okay. back. As I said, when you're 18, 19, 20, 21, you want to be in part of the dunk contest because you've seen, if you're a dunker, that's what you, but once you win and win and win, it's like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. Your name out there already mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah, but even though you still can dunk for the next six years and win it, you're like, ah, give it to somebody else who's a little bit younger. You're only 21. <laughs> you're only 21. Like, I, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where you can't bring a dunk coach because you're only going to see the motherfucker on Saturday. Yep. You got to remember, there is a season. There's this thing that's called a season. So a dunk champ ain't going to be after practice. Like, All right, so I need you. Uh, that coach, like, if you don't get your motherfucking night, we got a game tonight. <laughs> right. No, I right. just want that night before – Walk through. Here's how, well, here's some ideas. But so, well, you can't do that dunk. Yeah, well, yeah, you you know, know. I couldn't do that dunk, so you gonna be stuck like that. I mean, <laughs> so and back to the story of you know doing it over and over and over. Like my third year doing a dunk contest, I'm like, shit. How many windmills and three sixties can yeah. I do? Like, let me change it up this way. All right, nah, that was that good. And then the last one I had, that was the last dunk I probably could ever do, was throwing off the backboard between the legs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I had nothing else. Like the final round, I had no other dunk. <laughs> yeah. I was tapped out. I said, okay, let me throw off the backboard, chop up my arm. But Vince did that. So it's like, ah, how they gonna recept that? So but, but but you see how he's thinking about the dunks at the contest. <laughs> That's what I said. At the contest is when he's actually thinking about the dunk. Because there's no pre-thought no, of I'm about to go do this, 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 this. It's like, eh. Yep, just let me try it. Yeah, let me it, try it. Let me try it. it. And then don't let you be up and then somebody in front of you did the dunk. Oh. You had number one. <laughs> oh, you like, oh, oh, man. Oh, man. I'm fucking fuck my shit yep. That's what happened in the second dunk contest. <laughs> Desmond, Desmond Mason came in between the legs. Boom. I was like, God damn, that's my last dunk. <laughs> like, how did, I mean, let me see if they go like this dunk, throw it up, take between my legs backwards. Gil was telling me about it. I was like, let me see. And so when you see it, when I land, I'm looking at everybody on my all my peers, and they run. I was like, okay, okay yeah, yeah, I got this. So, it was like, you were there, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, well, basically, for the rest of us, we just wish we could do it just for one day. Do it like that. Yeah. yeah. What's so funny is, um, 
I used to look at like I used to watch him like, like you know how you just sit there and just be like. I mean, he got a he he got a fifty, but <laughs> shit he doing practice way better than that motherfucker right there. Like, cause you gotta remember, I practice with him, so it's like so watching him in dunk contests and he do a dunk. I'm like, nah, he did that. He did that in the in San Francisco. Like he's, he did the 360 between the legs. And that was like, that was like, a, that was a five. Like, you know, it's like, it's kind of, it's, it was kind of weird for me because I already, I, all summer, all season, all summer, all season, watching him in practice, you know, like catch the ball under. Like I seen one where you slashed, you, it was like, like a hawk cut. Mm-hmm. And caught the ball like like off the hawk cut pass, and before you turn, you was already it's like you caught it and already double punt and just reached for the. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, dog, God, that ain't fair, dog. Like that ain't even that like it wasn't that 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 ain't even fair because it was like hawk cut, you know, like a hawk cut. You try to get in for the like, try to get in for the layup, and the fact that. The rim is like here, and he's hawk cutting, and then he bounces it and just leans, and I'm like, "This, oh, you don't even supposed to be doing stuff like that." That's a cheat code. I know it was like a cheat code because it was no way he was supposed to dunk, nor anybody was expected. I'm like, "Dang!" (laughs) I think he was your biggest fan. That's what I said because. When you see shit happen in practice, like that's what I said, dunks in practice because it's on people in traffic. Every day, you just be like, ladies and gentlemen, god damn. It'll just be dunks like we're in San Francisco, and I just, I remember the San Francisco, yep. what's the name? Yep. It just Bro, be, like, you know how you like, it was on a fast break, and then you caught the ball so late, and then you, Bounced it and then went under. Boom! Just all in one fast motion. And I'm just sitting here like. (laughs) (laughs) How how was you supposed to do that? Because it was like one of those where, because he was under the basket, I'm gonna turn around and, you know, catch it here. But to keep running and then just, like he's running, dunking, so he's still moving to throw it back and just keep going. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. watching uh, Cirque du Soleil. How is that physical? Yeah, right. that's physical. Right. But that's what I said. Those are the dunks I was witnessing live. Mm-hmm. So my dunk contest experience was like, that was all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he, oh, he won. Oh, he won. So Gil was spoiled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was. Yeah, I was spoiled. <laughs> I was spoiled. Spoiled little brat. Mm-hmm. All right, well, speaking of spoiled, we're here in Miami. We got to get out of here. You got the yeah. news. Yeah. The calling us. So. Yes, um, sir. But, so you can't, we, we had you before one time. We kind of. Rolled up on you in, in the shoot around that day. So this is a fish we're glad to officially done. Yeah, glad to be here. That's cool. How good. Like I know how good he was because I had to guard him. Mm-hmm. Like, how good was Steve Nash's vision? Oh man. Like when I first got to Phoenix, I literally was getting hit in the face. Pow! Like, I'm cutting the basket. Pow! The ball just literally, the first practice. And they just told me, just hold your hands up. He's gonna find you. And you know, every you know, a lot of people don't like that all the dribbling around, but he's just searching. He's searching for a pass, and he can just see you. Like you come down the lane, and he miss you, and next thing you know, it's like this. It's off his hands. 
his vision was unreal with how he could just pass the ball, man. It was just unreal. Like I'm seeing, I mean, I was seeing some of his highlights, and I just feel like, what was the, what was your thought process, and, uh, uh, uh. and then you know, like little, yeah, like I've, I was like, like I, I used to sit there and like watch people <laughs> do stuff, and I'm like, I can see the pass, but didn't think to throw it that way. way. Yeah, you know what I mean? It was. Yep. <laughs> like, like I remember my most iconic pass was the him off the floor off, off the, the floor, floor when I bounce yeah. it knowing that if he misses it <laughs> hey, you're out my <laughs> career is over because <laughs> he's the future and this shit is like, you know but that was the only time I thought about like something just but it was part of the moment but other than that like some of the stuff that was that you know that catches I'm just like well, it's great. For Steve, it was his anticipation, too. He oh, would definitely. see you were open before you knew you He's, were open. He knew you were coming. Because, I mean, his thing, like, I mean, I was watching some of the highlights. My son watched them all the time. And he's dribbling towards the lane. He's seeing that I'm cutting already. He already have it in his head. He's just pulling the defender a little bit more. Boom, ball's gone. He's like, damn, how do you see that before the play even developed? His head is always on the swivel. He never, never dribbled his head And down. he would know how to deliver, too. And he'd know how to get it. What's so funny is that Steve Nash in Phoenix was not that Steve Nash in Dallas. No, no. Like, and that was the funny part because I guess the talent was, and this is where people need to understand. No matter how talented you are, you will never know until you're forced to use your talent. In mm -hmm. Dallas, you had Dirk, Michael Finley, Antoine Jameson at one point, um, Antoine Walker. Yep. You had all these super studs with him where he was just a regular old guard, just, you know, making, I mean, making great passes, hitting great shots. But when he got to Phoenix is where it's like, all right, I got the, I got my perfect squad. Mm -hmm. I got the squad that makes my talent. I got a dunker, four shooters. Yep. Now a whole nother Steve Nash appeared. So he might have had all that with him the whole time, but he never got to use it because of the talent he had around him. If that Phoenix team could go, I think that was the difference. That was that was a track squad. Yeah, yeah it was a track. Yeah, that's yeah, what I said. But yeah. it was a four Tracking. out. It was a four out, one in type mm -hmm. of style, where he gets all the room to do whatever he wanted. Mm -hmm. In Dallas, it was pick and roll. Okay. Dirt. Yep. Okay. Dribble. Okay. Michael Finley on the pole. Like it, you know, it was no room for him to sit here and you know and do all that. So when you know he got there and he just took off, it was like weird because it was like. Where was this guy at? He was mm -hmm. trash and down. I don't want to say he was trash. He made an awesome, but it was like, yeah. eh. Yeah. <laughs> I, was had, a, yeah. I was so scared of him then. When he, he was in Phoenix, he just, he was trying different things. I think he was the first person I've seen that actually was just working on going off a of right hand, right leg, right leg yeah. layups. Yeah. Like off balance layups. And I was like, what the hell he's doing? And then he get in the game, and he might get off balance. He's throwing it up. He's like, <laughs> oh, okay, I see what he's doing. <laughs> Or he might go to the lane and throw up a, a runner off the wrong leg. I mean, he just he worked on it. He was the, like the first person I saw work on that part of the game. And it literally changed the whole NBA, the scale of the NBA, because everybody started doing the Steve Nash dribble, yep. going through the paint. <laughs> Steve Nash dribble. Like, you know, because he's searching. He's just searching. He's yeah, searching. Probe, and he, like, yeah, he just yeah, probing. Yeah. Probing. So, like, at first, a lot of people couldn't guard that because they got to the paint. Everybody coming here, and next, you know, boom, ball going behind his back, mm -hmm. dunk. And they, so you, it, got, it was the rule now. Steve Nashville, Steve Nashville means stay home. Yep. The big stay home. The guards go take your man because that's what he wants. Yep. But now you, you got to the wing. Now you got Steve Nash on the big. That's yep. a bucket. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was hard to guard him. Okay, okay. 
I mean, just, it was just one of those things. It was like you, you sit and see players you played with and just try to pick. Because like, from the outside, you see it. But, you know, when someone's inside, like, okay, how good was he really? Mm-hmm. You know, it was just one of those things. I was just wondering. All right. Yeah, there's always more to it. But All right, you got to probably rest up a little bit. You got to get ready. get ready for your game. You both got a game, but you're up first. So man, we winning ours though. You know, he, he really got a battle tonight, not us. <laughs> we gotta win. It's always a battle. Yeah. Um, but again, we're we're here in Miami. Again, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Keeps. Uh-huh. You love Keeps. Still <laughs> Keeps still waves. <laughs>